All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the NudgeCast. Really excited about today. We're going to talk about something that I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know enough about. And Mac maybe knows a little bit more than me, but probably also doesn't know enough about this either. We're going to talk about coaching in the workplace and how to get into the workplace. And we have a real live useful expert to help guide us through this conversation. Um, so hopefully you can trust me and Mac to ask the simple questions. And then Medina Ahmedova from Jay Shetty Coaching is going to guide us the rest of the way. But Medina, really appreciate you being here with us. Um, first of all, how you doing? And secondly, can you tell us a little bit about your background and, and let us know how you got into all this? Of course. Thank you, Phil. Really happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I am doing absolutely great. Excited about this conversation and this episode. And yeah, to give a brief intro about myself, probably I'm going to make it short. And I'm going to say that I have been in the higher education, training and coaching industry for the last 15 years. I started working in the higher education sector in Dubai, spent there around 13 years of my career, then moved to Bali. And now I'm working with Jay Shetty for the last one and a half years. We have built and established Jay Shetty Certification School, which is an accredited coach training school. We launched it in uh, March 2020. And as of today, we are at around 900 students, over 70 graduates. So this is a journey in a nutshell. That those are, I think, exciting numbers that anyone could get excited about for sure. Um, can I ask you, I'm, I'm just curious because Jay Shetty is very famous. Um, do you spend time with Jay and do you like him if you do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we totally spend a lot of time together, as you can imagine, starting from planning the school and just having it as his vision and on the roadmap and ending with where we are today with that many students. We totally spend a lot of time as a team and, of course, uh, myself. I absolutely love it because uh, Jay is really focused on his global legacy project, which is transforming mm -hmm. one billion lives. So every time we get together, it all narrows down to how do we make this happen? How do we use all the instruments available to us to actually create that impact so yeah he's absolutely awesome that's it's, it's amazing to think about because it six months ago i wasn't incredibly familiar with jay shetty and maybe i was living under a rock but it it seems like over the past i guess maybe since you all launched even the certification program maybe it kind of aligned with all of that i feel like i've been seeing him everywhere whether it's social media whether it's in the news i feel like he is just He's the hot thing right now. So it's awesome to see that you are kind of using that for good for this movement and coaching and changing lives. One billion lives, Mac. We need to amp up our, our vision a little bit. Yeah, yeah, usually whenever we have these conversations with Medina, I take a step back and say, geez, just when I thought we were doing some cool things, it's like, wow, vision needs to get a little bit bigger here. <laughs> we were only going to uh, influence, what, a million or 10 million? We weren't quite up into the billions. So now yeah, we just we need to add a bit, yeah. right? That's a big swing. Um, well, I, you know what? I'm also just going to come out and say it. Jay is a pretty handsome guy as well. I've got to give it to him. Good looking guy. Um, okay. We've got it. We, we, okay, good. <laughs> That's not just me. Um, all right. We've got to get serious now. We're here to actually provide some value. <laughs> so I, we actually get questions around this, I think, a decent amount. And I, I feel bad that we don't usually have better answers. So I'm excited to dive into this a little bit. I guess first, just to start, I know there's a lot of demand for um, coaching in the workplace that a lot of people might not be sure if that's there or not, for one. 
So I'd like to kind of start with how can we understand that better? And then the next step would obviously be, okay, I'm a coach. I know this is something that I would be interested in. What are those first steps toward getting there? Awesome. I think you have summarized currently most of the questions that all aspiring and beginning coaches mostly have, especially those who are unfamiliar with coaching in the workplace. And I'm really happy to start with providing some facts about the demands because I feel everything that happened before March in terms of demand for coaching and everything that happened after March 2020 has completely transformed the coaching industry as we knew it. And of course, it impacted coaching in the workplace. So um, previously, before March 2020, already the culture of basically hiring internal coaches and having them as in-house team specialists who will be working with either executives or certain employees or also with the teams was already on the rise because once you bring a coach in the workplace, if the coach does really good job, what actually happens, and it's proven by research, by the way, one of the studies was done by Rapid Learning Institute, they have identified that companies who have coaches actually perform 40% better in terms of productivity and employee satisfaction rather than companies who do not have an internal coach. And if you wow. think about it, how much it costs a company to get this rate of employee happiness and productivity, of course, it's a really good deal, you know, because mm -hmm. by having a coach in house, you can pretty much, you know, achieve a lot of goals. But also what was interesting is that um, pre-COVID, um, before March, 28% of internal coaches were actually hired by technical or computer services industry. And actually one of the leading companies who started hiring coaches and building internal team of coaches was Google. And if you look it up until today, they are one of the biggest companies who have team of more than 70, if I'm not mistaken, as of now, internal coaches. And this is revolutionary, right? We yeah. know that Google always sets the standard. They set the, you know, innovative way to team management and working remotely and offline too and being productive. But then 49% of the coaches actually used to work for large corporations, which means uh, corporations with over 75,000 employees and only 38 worked for smaller companies, which means employee size was, was around 10,000 employees. Mm -hmm. What happened after COVID, that tendency started changing and even the small and medium businesses started thinking about coaches. And here it's really important for every coach to understand the reason behind that change. If you think about it, why would a company suddenly think about hiring a coach when COVID happened? The reason is because control over productivity and employee happiness became one of the biggest problems since COVID uh -huh. happened. Coaches mostly help in the workplace with two most important things. One, handling change. And there has never been a biggest time for massive changes all at once. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Brought it to us. So a lot of companies, they started thinking, how do I now make my team members happy with everything that's happening? You know, salary reductions, terminations of their colleagues, shortening the departments, going um, uh, online, right? Training people on Zoom, technological changes. So they started looking for quick instruments. And apparently what appeared to be the most effective instrument is being a coach. 
So this is really where the big demand and opportunity opens up for coaches. However, it may not be so obvious because all of this happened literally in a span of six months. So I understand that if you don't really, you know, dig into the research and you look at what's happening in the workplace, you wouldn't even know about this demand. So my first tip is going to be, if you want to go into the workplace, make sure you really spend some time on understanding quickly changing demand because it is a market. And if you want to go and put your offer for the market, you first want to understand what is the current pain point of that market and how can you solve it? That's such a great point. Where are you, where are you starting when you dig into the research on, on the market and how it's shifting, especially that fast, because sometimes there's a little bit of lag in the kind of analytics that would come out typically. Yeah. Good question. And I think there is, so um, there are so many resources and so many sources of information, but in this current age, we understand that it is also very overwhelming and you don't know what is actually valid, what has been validated. So in my personal, um, you know, with my personal preference, I usually go to validated sources and I always go to validated research studies. So mm -hmm. my preference is actually to look at institutions and research centers that actually explore coaching as an industry, not only business consultancies, but actual, you know, research institutes. For example, you know, Institute of Employment Studies, Mm -hmm. really does very frequent, um, uh, uh, you know, coaching in the workplace, investigations and case study analysis. They publish their research quite regularly. You can find it usually either in a public access or you'll find it in those libraries. You know, we all forgot about the use of libraries, you know. <laughs> with, with those funny buildings books. with books in them. Yeah. <laughs> But actually, libraries have sometimes really good stuff in there. And one of those are research studies and articles, which will not be published on Instagram or Facebook because they sit quietly in there, but they have tons of important information. The other place that I like to go to is Times of Organizational Change, a journal of change management. They actually explore how participating in coaching programs actually improves um, employee satisfaction and so-called side effects of coaching. Uh, if you like, I would like to bring one example, uh, one of the studies that actually evaluated what can coaching in a workplace bring, and this partially explains why the demand has been shifting. So, for example, one of the studies that was uh, presented by the Times of Organizational Change was about 38 executives. They were senior and middle managers from different business units of one organization, and also they were placed or located in 14 different geographical areas, Asia, US, uh, Europe, so uh, the research could kind of go, and Australia as well, so research could kind of go uh, global. So three or four months period time was the coaching program where these 38 executives were working with the coaches to only set two goals, organizational goals, and try to reach those goals within three to four months period. That goal should have complemented them uh, professionally and organization. So what was the result of the study? Uh, usually, you know, uh, if you achieve the goal, uh, within three to four months, which benefits you as a professional and the organization, you'll say, well, I really got a good deal. It's worth it, right? But funny thing, when they started investigating in depth what actually these participants received, first of all, they said that they increased self-awareness and clarity of thoughts. They also realized that they actually built a leadership brand and they developed leadership skills unknowingly along this journey. 
they also felt that what they've done during this period of three to four months, they achieved their professional goals and organizational goals apart from those two goals that they set in the beginning. Moreover, they felt they became better communicators within the organization mm, and the team. Yeah. But most importantly, they felt more confident and there was trust in the team and in themselves as executives, as leaders. Now, interesting thing when the, uh, you know, uh, the observers conducted the research and they collected all these answers, they decided to include one more question and that was, was there any side effects? you know, apart from professional life? What did that do for you as a person? And they said, first of all, I felt I achieved better work-life balance. Overall, I felt less stress and more calm at work. And I even developed better relationships with my family. I also felt greater sense of purpose in life and I became more aware about my personal values. But overall, I started feeling better about myself, life in general. And I feel I can actually use what I learned in all other areas of my life. So if you think about this benefit, you're like, wow, it's mind blowing, right? So mm -hmm. it's an illustration of an ROI that a coach <laughs> can bring yeah. to the organization. It's I'll say it's funny because I still am convinced just with all the, I think, progress we're seeing in the industry, eventually everyone will be working with a coach of some kind, whether it's a performance coach, a sales coach, a health coach, a fitness coach, you name it. I think that wave is just growing and growing and growing. And we're getting to the point where coaching is now kind of tentacles are within kind of every facet of life. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that shift is underway right now. Um, and I think, you know, group coaching programs or the new online courses, all of the above. This is all, all coming together. It's all kind of spreading. Um, and I, I suppose the COVID age sort of accelerated some of this stuff. And I just want to say we've done a lot of these episodes. I literally got out my pen and started taking notes while you I did too. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that before on yeah. a podcast episode. So if you hear a big pin click in the background on the recording, mm -hmm. my bad. I was interested. <laughs> I, I think to your point on this episode, which is so unique, this is absolutely a question we get during well, I, I, both on the sales side as well as on the implementation side, a lot of our partners that we work with maybe come to us and they're doing individualized programming right now. And they say, well, Hey, I have aspirations to get into corporate. And it's one of those things where I think for most, it's a bit of a mystery on how to actually do that. They just know, Hey, and it makes sense to eventually get within corporate because that's a much, you know, help stabilize my business, consistent revenue stream, so on and so forth. And I think it's, there's a bit of this, um, mystery to it that I think the more we can kind of paint the picture and shed some light on it, I think this is just going to be a, a hopefully a helpful episode to everybody, including you and I, apparently. <laughs> Definitely. So, well, that, that gets to, I guess, the next step. I, if, if you're sort of transitioning into this and thinking about, you know, who to approach, where to start in an organization, or even what organization to start with in your outreach, what are some tips you can provide on that front? So I think, first of all, um, research and outreach is definitely, in my head, it should be step two after step one. And step one is basically defining what are you going to bring to the table and mm -hmm. who do you want to work with and who do you absolutely not work with? Because when you are going into the um, B2B uh, you know, approach and kind of trying to sell your coaching services. It's a very different scene comparing to selling coaches to individuals. So 
<clears throat> the process of pitching, the process of outreach, marketing, and selling is going to be very and very different. There are several reasons for that. Number one, it's uh, the barrier to entry is much higher. And you really need to um, convince the person that you are speaking to that what you're going to bring to the table is exactly what this particular organization is struggling with. So you kind of have to forecast, you know, your potential clients' problems. And that's exactly where your research comes in, right? Then you need to tune your offering because let's say you want to pitch to... Um, um, VFS, okay, there is this VFS Global, they're taking care of all the visa services around the world. I think they have representatives in 162 countries. Why I brought this example? Because it's an example of the organization that wants coaching. I know that for sure because I worked with them two years ago, so I just want to speak from what I know. You want to pitch to this global organization and you think about it, they have over 8,000 employees and over 1,000 executives who do you approach? What do you offer? And how to understand what they are even struggling with? Like, where should you get the information about VFS Global to make that pitch, right? This is where you have to think strategically, because if you know this is your ideal client, you know that this could be a collaboration of one or two years, right? It's worth actually spending time. But you also have to remember nothing is guaranteed. Out of your 10 pitches, if you get one reply, that's actually a very good rate. That's a really awesome rate. But you will spend time on doing, crafting the pitches and researching, but it will make you a better pitcher for the future. So first understand what is the organization currently struggling with? And the best way to understand that is to actually follow their team members on social media who are potential decision makers. Who are the decision makers about hiring a coach or bringing a coach with a workshop, with a group coaching program, whatever we want to call it. For me, it's still hiring a coach. It doesn't matter for how long they hire you, they still hire you. Mm -hmm. So who is the person who decides on hiring a coach? Normally, you would think it's HR, but it's actually not. It's the learning coordinators who are those entry-level people, you know, in the team of the company who actually um, will read and at least process your message. If you're going to approach an HR on LinkedIn, chances are they won't even see your message. Why? Because HRs are overloaded with CVs, right? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think most people make that mistake is just assuming it's HR when in reality, they're probably getting pitched a hundred things a day. Exactly. Exactly. And if you are going to start making relationships with people who are actually reading, you know, the inbox by having a conversation, you can actually understand what you can help them with. It could be, you know, PA of the, um, uh, you know, chief uh, HR officer. Mm -hmm. It could be, uh, you know, an admin coordinator of the HR department or even internal learning department. But the trick is basically to become visible to the people in the organization and then get through them to the decision maker. Nobody is going to pitch you better to the HR or the chief HR officer rather than an internal mm. you know, colleague of that person. So my idea is first don't aim for conversion, but rather aim for conversation. Like focus on conversations and conversions are going to come, but first create meaningful conversations with genuine desire to serve you mm -hmm. cannot approach you know a learning coordinator in you know vfs or ibm and say hey you know i'm a coach i want to really offer my coaching to your company like you're not gonna get much results if you start the conversation this way you know but if you are going to approach them and say 
you know, I really like your company. I follow you guys on LinkedIn. You know, I think you're doing amazing stuff. The way you are taking care of your employees is really appealing to me. And what I was thinking about, you know, I feel that I may have a workshop that your employees may benefit from, and I could come and deliver it pro bono. You know, at least you're going to plant that seed. And at least you are going to make one person from that company aware of you and what you could actually, you know, provide. Uh, in my experience, dealing with the corporate sector and seeing our coaches dealing with the corporate sector, you can not, it's very rare that you are going to make a pitch and immediately land a contract. Usually, you'll have to come and do some kind of pro bono. Of course, the easiest way, or lead magnet, as I call it, is to come and deliver a keynote, a speech, a group coaching session, a workshop, presentation, like anything that delivers value. But again, it shouldn't be just a pitch about yourself to make people crave to work with you. It should be um, a workshop or a presentation that will bring tangible results to those who attended. So it will be an irresistible offer. It will be a no-brainer offer that, yes, we need that person with us. So you create a different kind of funnel, right, with, with the approach of the corporate sector, where your first step is understanding who I am going to pitch and only focus your efforts on those companies. Do not spread your efforts everywhere and start saying, Oh, actually, because I'm a career coach, everybody needs me. You know, any company can hire me. So let me just, you know, shoot and fire this to everyone. That's the strategy that is guaranteed to make you really disappointed and frustrated with the results. It's so funny you say that because I was actually, I got a, a LinkedIn request the other day and I was looking at it and it, it was probably the most generic message I'd ever seen that could have been sent to 10,000 people. And I just sat there thinking, is this really working? Like, is anybody yeah. actually intrigued or hooked by that message? I mean, some, some years ago, it was working. And I think what we are missing as an online knowledge industry, because when you said, you know, courses and uh, workshops and coaching, I call it all online knowledge industry. And I think what we all are missing is understanding that when this trend comes, and some, you know, great speaker is teaching us all this particular trend, we all start implementing it, it automatically stops working because the moment everybody starts doing the same thing, it's no longer working. Right, right. The earlier we all can understand that, and the earlier we can understand that nobody can give you a perfect recipe, a cookie cutter, because if he gave it to you, he gave it to another 100,000 people. Mm -hmm. So while you are sending the script, there are other 10 people who are pitching the same person same with thing. the script that makes you look bad. <laughs> well, it comes back to fill some things we talked about in episodes weeks ago at this point was that whole idea of, it seems like authenticity is becoming more and more important and when you're thinking about your brand. And yeah. it seems like, especially if you're getting into corporate, it's the same concept where start with building the relationship first and then kind of, you know, you look for a foot in the door through some kind of keynote or, you know, lunch and yeah. learn or something like what's, that. What's making me happy about this is that you can see the same principles and guideposts along the journey. Um, I even appreciate that you specifically referred to it as the lead magnet as a marketer myself. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I would use lead, lead magnet. magnet on my website to capture that lead. Um, a free workshop that's really going to provide some value absolutely makes sense. It's an opportunity to build that trust. That's probably the most important part of it. Right. Um, so this is, this is great. I, I mean, I'm genuinely excited about learning about this right now. Um, so I guess let's get into, um, if we can, the actual process of transitioning into coaching in the workplace, 
And how does that change things? Like, how is it different coaching in the workplace versus coaching in other environments? Good question. Really good question. And I think that also it's part of the knowledge that is currently missing. And I'm not sure why we don't talk about it as much as we talk about, you know, marketing and sales only because this is probably the foundation for mm -hmm. successful marketing and sales. It's defining what is your product, what is your offer. You cannot just say, I'm a coach, I can help you with any goals. No, it isn't because there are over 99 types of coaching. And at this point, when the market is so saturated, you need to be specific. You need to find that blue ocean, right? And to find that blue ocean, you need to explain to the potential um, client or you know, potential coachee what exactly you do. Saying, I am a coach, or saying I'm performance coach does not explain anymore to the person what exactly you know you're going to right. help them achieve. So let's look at certain types of coaching that are you know currently trending and available and what's trending in the workplace and how to make that transition. So one of the trendiest one is personal coaching, or we call it life coaching as well, right? That's mm -hmm. what we uh, train the coaches in. So the, the personal coaching usually goes as the personal or life coach helps individual gain certain clarity and awareness on their goals and priorities, understand their thoughts better, interpret their feelings better, and take appropriate actions to experience a richer life, accomplish the goal, but also create um, a strategy for self-directed learning, for reflection. And that is what most of the coaches do, right? When coaches keep it general, what they do, they take the person and they try to take them through these stages. Let me help you reach the goals, right? Let me help you get awareness. And this is all great. But now if you are transitioning into the corporate, you really need to understand what is it that you want to offer and how can you shift your delivery to actually ensure you bring great results. One of the types, which is very popular, one-on-one -on -one coaching for executives. We also call it executive coaching. This is really uh, recognized right now as the revolutionary way to improve executives for developing new skills, performance, overcoming any change resistance with the team, and preparing for innovation and advancement. As you probably understand, guys, this is what the workplace needs right now the most, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. When you offer coaching at the executive level, usually you are going to help the executive tie it to the organizational goals. So you don't only coach the person, you basically coach the organization in the face of that person. Usually your coaching should result in improved business. Not like improving the personal life of the executive is just a side effect. The main goal is to bring business results as a result of that coaching. That's so a really important piece. I think you just touched on right there. I don't necessarily think all coaches are thinking about that because it's just a different line of thinking. And they're so focused on the individual. They don't think about how it addresses or impacts the entire organization. <clears throat> Good point. And I think it's important that we bring today this awareness that, look, you can go in the corporate and do life coaching in a corporate. But the reason I'm breaking this down and I'm going so um, you know, narrow in definitions because I want, um, I want you guys to understand you know, what can you pick, what's appealing to you, and then work in that direction to ensure you can actually bring the results according to the title and then you can make your pitch. So I'm kind of helping to build a foundation. So you define the product per se, like what exactly are you bringing you know, on the table to that corporate? 
So uh, executive coaching is usually delivered by coaches from the outside of the organization, non-employed, uh, not internal coaches. And usually the services will be requested for an agreed duration of months. Usually it's going to be somewhere between four months and 12 months. And then if you brought those results, totally you're going to be rehired and recontract because one of the things that it's important to understand for every coach who goes into the corporate, nobody is going to look for a different coach if A, you brought results, B, there is trust and rapport, C, you guys already understand, like th there is already this um, connection between the organization and the external coach. Like most likely there is absolutely no reason to go and change you for someone else if you achieve these three points for them. So corporate coaching, while difficult to get into, much easier to sustain and retain rather than working with an individual. Seems much stickier once you're in there. Totally. Then we have career coaching. If you go into the corporate, you want to take a niche or offer career coaching. What is a career coaching? That is when the coach helps individuals employed by the company identify what they want and need from the career and then make decisions and take the needed actions to accomplish their career objectives in balance with their personal life and work-life balance. This is the third type, right? And this is, we still didn't even scratch the surface. I'm just giving you the most popular mm -hmm. one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> then we have business coaching. You can come to the corporate as a business coach. Which uh, organizations mostly will look for a business coach? Startups, innovative, mm -hmm. uh, promising, probably funded startups because the executives are still young. The founders are still young. They are driven, you know, they are passionate, but... Everybody needs a coach, as you said, and it's right. Business coaches usually is conducted with the constraints placed on either an executive or the group of employees. And business coaching goes in a sequence when the founders or the organization is telling a business coach, we want to get there in a year. The coach will say, okay, why you're not there yet? What's stopping you? What is stopping us is one, two, three. Okay, let's evaluate. Is the barrier internal or external? If it's internal, let's try to fix it. If it's external, let's learn how to be resourceful and let's not talk about what we don't have. Let's focus on using what mm -hmm. we have. That's what a business coach is going to do. You know? That's so good. Then yeah. We go into team coaching. Team coaching is really picking up right now and a lot of accrediting um, uh, institutions such as ICF and Association for Coaching, our accrediting body, they actually launched a new accreditation this year, accredited team coaches because it is a trend. A team coach is um, working either with the leader or the whole team. And that is when a coach is stepping in to help them establish their mission as a team their vision, their strategy as a team, again, not as an organization, as a team, right? And rules for engagement and teamwork with each other, right? The team leader and members could be coached individually, and then it could be followed by group coaching sessions. Also, it could be uh, in a form of meetings. It could be two-on-one, one-on-one with separate individuals, with the whole team, depending on the, uh, on the challenges. And basically, the goal is to build the effectiveness of this group of people to take them from average, below average, wherever they are, to absolutely high-performance team who is functioning as one organism.
So you can understand that team coaching, like somebody who needs executive coaching, most likely if you have proven great results as an executive coach, why won't they hire you for the next round? And that is to coach a certain team. You see, now there is a clear opportunity for upsell, right? And that is also tying up with the business. Then we are going into performance coaching. Performance coaching is also really picking up, especially with the remote environment right now. Right. One of the biggest problems for all the companies that went remote, especially those who never done it before. Um, okay, we can do meetings via Zoom. How could I be sure my employees are actually working and they're actually doing as well as they were doing in the office because we are not used to operate on trust. You know, we are used to operate on, I want to know what you're doing every day, right? So performance coach is going to help employees at all levels from executive to the uh, entry line, understand the requirements of their jobs, the competencies that they need to develop in order to perform and outperform their job, any gaps in the current performance, coach will kindly point out, hold the mirror saying, hey, look, you know, you think you're doing a great job, but here is actually what's happening. So holding a mirror, right, for the team member. And we'll outline the plan with each team member for opportunities to improve that performance and also help them kind of, you know, stretch explore their resourcefulness, explore additional skill set, and that will also help those team members get promoted. Coaches then will work with employees, their bosses, and any other team members so that the performance levels are aligned. So the goal of the performance coach is to come and say, okay, so we have uneven performance, right, in this team. Somebody is better, somebody is worse, which is normal in any organization. The coach says, how within three months I bring all these people to this level and equally and consistently. So um, I could speak about 25 more types of coaching, but I just have <laughs> to put uh, these in a nutshell because these are the most in demand right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, these types of coaching are actually interconnected. If you will investigate the connection between them, again, they could be um, an additional way to upsell, right? Yeah. If you as a coach can deliver all these types of coaching, you have the required expertise and qualification to do this, you could totally actually build the funnel with even one client. Sometimes all what you need is one client. Yeah, <laughs> that's really interesting. I, I really appreciate the way you outlined the, the interconnectedness of say you go in the, get a foot in the door as an executive coach and then can transition that into team coaching. It's, it's, there's a parallel there between stuff we always talk about with working with clients and whatever it may be, health coaching, uh, executive coaching, whatever, um, making sure that if that client may still want to work with you to either you know, retain the results that they've gotten or advance to another thing, that you always have a strategy in place to keep them on as a client, keep them monetized, keep that relationship going. And it, I'll be damned. It, it completely <laughs> translates to coaching in the workplace. I should have known. Um, but this is, this is great. I mean, I don't, I'm literally, I'm going to call you a fountain of wisdom on this topic because <laughs> I have learned so much in this half hour. I can barely express it all. <laughs> well, I think, I think we need to put a guide together or something because it, it really does come up in implementations all the time. And it would be awesome if we could actually help provide coaches a bit of a framework on this. It actually shows them the, the progression to follow from, hey, you've got your own book of personal clients. How do you take that and build off of it? 
to position yourself for you know, making that entry into corporate. Yep. Um, and Medina will be your face on the cover and a lot of wisdom <laughs> you shared today. <laughs> How would we do that? It's a total honor, guys. And, you know, I think that um, if we can educate as many coaches as possible about the opportunities that are out there, because um, unfortunately, the stigma for some reason is that the market is so saturated, there are not enough clients and it's not true. It's entirely mm -hmm. not true. Even if you look at our example, let's say if the market was saturated by 2020, we opened the school on 9th of March, 2020. By now we have over 70 graduates. Each one of those graduates has many clients already. If the market is saturated, why is it happening that so many coaches are entering the market every day and they are still serving and they are in demand? And the answer is not that you are a bad coach. That's not what I'm trying to say. The answer is we need to stop consuming the information that keeps telling us, you know, everything is scary, it's overwhelming, because by reading that, we are just overwhelming ourselves more. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is to take a pause and understand how can I speak to as many people as possible and let them know about what I can do for them or for people they know, because that's literally the business, you know, the business formula of every coach. But because everything is very fancy and you want to do Facebook ads and you want to do LinkedIn content and yeah. you want to do all newsletter, what happens um, is you have this amount of time and effort. You start spreading it into those many things because you think if email marketing will not work, then LinkedIn will work. So let me do all at once. <laughs> and because you are spreading the effort, you are not seeing the desired result. You start getting disappointed. You start losing courage. And then you join the tribe, which says, oh, the market is oversaturated. And that's why I cannot get the clients. Yeah, that's so true. It is the coaching business version of basically Googling your symptoms when you're not feeling well and every <laughs> terrible disease in the world comes up immediately. Always, yeah. Googling your symptoms is finding out which diseases have the best SEO. <laughs> that is so funny. That's a, really, that's a really good point. Never thought about it. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, again, this has been incredible. I, we can't keep you any longer because this has already been a pretty long episode. But <laughs> Medina, where can people go to learn more about Jay Shetty and the programs that you guys are running? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we would be happy to welcome any coaches actually for our free six-day introductory course. We have it on our website that is www.jshettycoaching.com. And if you go on the website, you just can find a button which says become a coach. And if you click on that, you can sign up for that six day free introductory course it's going to help you understand exactly that the differences between coaching and other disciplines which skills and qualities you need to be to be a great coach and it all also has a business plan template on day six which i mm. think would be really beneficial for all the coaches that is awesome <laughs> yeah that will be pretty handy well i hope everybody that's listening learned as much as i did today medina you're the best for doing this i really appreciate you and i hope we can have you on again soon sometime it will be an honor and thank you for having me. I really enjoyed this podcast and best of luck with everything you do, guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Again, check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. This one also might appear on YouTube. So look out for this. I think the recording's pretty good. Um, but thanks again and we'll see you again next time.